Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, Canadian Western Agribition's Next Gen Mentorship Program was created to support the next generation of agricultural leaders. The program matches eight young people in the agriculture industry with experienced professionals for an 18-month mentorship where they gain skills to advance their careers. David McTaggart is one of the mentees in this fourth cohort. He has been partnered with Protein Industries Canada CEO Bill Gruel. I'll talk to David about what he has gained from being involved in the program. The aging demographic of producers may be the most significant issue facing the future of the livestock sector, but is only one of several areas of concern. Representatives from cattle, sheep and bison organizations participated in a livestock summit sponsored by the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. A young cattle producer from eastern Saskatchewan, Levi Hull, talked about some of the challenges, including access to capital for new producers, improving business risk management programs, and preventing the ongoing conversion of pastures into cropland. After the break, David McTaggart. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Speaking with David McTaggart, and we're talking about the uh, Next Gen program. David, we got to know each other in your uh, time at the Northeast Agriculture Research Foundation uh, with your work there. You're involved in a really interesting program that I believe is kind of tied into Agribition called the Next Gen Program. So maybe just for some background, tell us about the program itself and what its goals are. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Alice. And so, yeah, I, as, as you mentioned, I'm a part of the Next Gen Agriculture Mentorship Program that is put on through Agribition. Uh, it was started with the first cohort going through in 2019 and 2020. And some of the big picture goals, uh, the program is also funded in part through the Canadian Agriculture Partnership, uh, which is a collaboration between the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture and the Saskatchewan government, and then in addition to the government of Canada. And really some of those big goals around uh, building public trust in agriculture by training active and informed uh, young professionals in the agriculture industry, and then also helping equip young people with the skills necessary to be involved on agriculture boards because, as I'm sure you've probably seen as well, there's uh, quite the demographic transition going on right now with our really skilled, um, very experienced uh, members who run a lot of our agricultural organizations, um, but they're maybe getting to the end of their uh, careers of being involved. And so uh, this program helps to train some of the up-and-coming young people to be equipped with the skills necessary to participate in some of that uh, ag governance. And so I'm a part of the fourth cohort in NextGen, and so our cohort started in uh, last year in January of 2022, and I'll be a part of it until this July here in 2023. Now, what I really love about this program is you have, I believe it's eight people, uh, mentees that are part of the program, and you're teamed up with mentors. Uh, tell us about your mentor and why it's important to have, have these people, um, you know, leading you through this process. 
For sure, yeah. No, so my mentor is uh, Bill Grohl. He's the CEO of Protein Industries Canada. And in the program, they, uh, the organizers, match you with your mentor based on through the interview process of what you describe you're looking to get out of the program. And so I came into this hoping to gain a little bit more insight into the business space in agriculture. Um, as you mentioned, Alice, at the beginning of our interview, I've been involved quite a bit on the research and tech transfer side, but when it comes to the, the reality of farming, business plays a big part of it. And so I wanted to take advantage of this program to learn about that. And I think where having, a, having mentors comes into play too is one of the big parts of it is it broadens out your network of the people that you can interact with. Um, because through my own uh, work in school and also my work, you know, I've, I've established connections, but to be able to broaden that out that much more is, is, is really important. Uh, and then a second part of it would be also to tap into their career experience as well. I think I found it to be very helpful in uh, uh, hearing some of their stories on how they've, how they've managed different, whether that's career transitions, um, but also kind of challenges along the way, working effectively in teams, understanding your, your skills that you have to offer. Uh, some of that you know, lifelong perspective really can make a difference. So how often do you meet or interact with Bill and maybe just tell us a little bit about some of the things that you have done over the past year and will continue to do until this tenure is done in July? Yeah, for sure. So um, for myself, uh, me and Bill try to meet, usually it's over Zoom, um, just since we've been based out of different areas. Every couple of months, um, I I know with my schedule of working and, and being a graduate student at the same time, um, it doesn't necessarily uh, offer a person a lot of free time. And for him as well, he's uh, traveling quite a bit with his job. But we, yeah, we try to meet up every couple of months, but it varies on uh, between the different mentors and mentees within the program. And so my main objectives that I set out for myself in this program is to try and understand what are some of the influences that, whether it be policies or initiatives that governments and companies put together, that how does it impact farmers, particularly around policies and initiatives related to the environment or like human health? And so some of the things that I've done to try and accomplish this um, have been mainly trying to meet with people in the industry that's um, both been with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture to talk about kind of big shifts in agriculture policy in the last um, oh, 30 years or so, but then also getting to talk with people involved on the corporate side as well of, to kind of see what are their big, uh, big initiatives that they're trying to advance right now. And so one of the conversations that I had was with uh, grain millers out of Yorkton, and we talked about some of their work that they're doing with uh, the farmers that they source mainly oats from in Saskatchewan. And, um, and then also doing some reading on my own time has been some of my activities specifically related to my goals. But we do some more broad activities as well with the mentee, the whole group of mentees. Um, those have been things like governance training, uh, person, uh, personality testing to recognize our, 
our strengths in our in our various personalities, and then we got together at Agribition for a number of different events too. David, tell me what you're up to now. Of course, I had mentioned earlier that you had been uh, with NARF in Melfort and have recently moved back to Alberta, which is closer to home. And so tell us what's keeping you busy these days. Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm on the final drive right now of uh, finishing up my master's thesis. I've been working on that uh, through the University of Saskatchewan with my supervisor, Dr. Bill Billigatu in forage breeding. And um, so just working on submitting that uh, here in these next couple of weeks and then hopefully defending that by the end of the spring. And um, in the meantime, you know, it's now that uh, I've completed my time with NARF out of Melfort, I'll be um, looking to to do a little bit more work with my next-gen stuff of um, even though it won't necessarily be based out of Saskatchewan, but still trying to connect with um, people in the central Alberta area around um, environmental initiatives and how that affects farmers in this area as well to be able to continue the, the work that I've been really fortunate to participate in through NextGen. You still have a few more months before you wrap up with with NextGen, but uh, your thoughts on it for someone who may be looking at the program and thinking about it, what would what would be your advice to them? Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely encourage that people are interested in knowing more, participating in the program, um, to definitely check it out. And if you're familiar with some of the people who have been involved, either mentees or mentors, to talk to them about it. Um, it's a very flexible program, and I think that that's great to cater to a number of different people, no matter what your background is coming into the program. There, um, There is a way for you to grow as a young professional in the agriculture industry through NextGen. Um, but definitely have kind of uh, spend some time thinking about what you might want to get out of the program as well. Because it is so flexible, it's, it's, it's quite helpful to, um, to have some direction. Um, I know for me, some of my big take-homes are things that I've appreciated. Um, I just finished, while it wasn't necessarily directly connected with my objectives. I just finished attending the Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference um, to try and uh, learn more on how I could be a better ally for my female colleagues in the workplace. And it definitely helped to to build my sense of uh, admiration and respect for the hard work that a lot of my female colleagues have put in to, to get where they are and to also build a space for, for them to to share their stories and to seek support um, is, was really quite an impactful experience. And then through some of my conversations around policy and that, I think it's definitely given me more of an appreciation for the behind-the-scenes work of, uh, that some of our commodity groups do uh, to serve farmers. And I found that out by attending some of the annual general meetings at crop production shows. So I think, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're looking to get broaden your perspective on all that's involved in the agriculture industry, uh, participating in NextGen is a, is a great place to start. David, it has been a great pleasure meeting you and getting to know you. And even though you're a long ways away, we know that the agriculture group is, it's a small world. I'm sure we will cross paths again and, and best of luck to you as you finish your thesis and whatever the future holds for you. Great. Thank you very much, Alice. Thanks for your time. David McTaggart is one of the mentees with Canadian Western Agribition's Next Gen Mentorship Program. After the break, cattle producer Levi Hull shares his thoughts on ways to support young people wanting to get into the livestock industry. 
Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Levi Hull runs a livestock operation in eastern Saskatchewan. He was one of the presenters at a livestock summit in Saskatoon, sponsored by the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. They were there to discuss some of the concerns surrounding the livestock industry. Here are some of Levi's comments. We run a cow-calf operation, calving about 1,300 cows, and background, some feeder cattle. We're making a transition at our place. Custom feeding some calves, running our own cows, buying some, I think is a lot easier than running these mama cows. Grass is all over the place. We're hauling cows, you know, 60, 70, 80 miles, some way, one-way directions to, to get to grass, and it's just a lot of work. And we have up to this year, we really haven't seen those returns, so... We've been struggling on our operation to, to figure it out. Mom and dad are getting older, hired help. That's one thing that uh, I'd really like to bring to the forefront is the temporary foreign worker program isn't working for our industry. It's laxed. We need some help there. We live in a society today that it's cooler to be a YouTube star than to calve cows. And you'll find it even in the grain sector. It's, it's going to get difficult as well. Um, we're seeing $16,500 Class 1A licenses nowadays. Who's going to be going in to go to be a truck driver? That's what it costs us. You know, there's some funding through it, but still that's, you know, $3,500, $4,000 out of our pocket. There's those things that we're going to see in this industry that are, are going to be, you know, very, very much on the forefront, whether we make it or not. I was a little bit concerned that we were just preaching to the choir. I would love to see a bunch of your guys yesterday still being able to be at this meeting to hear the concerns of the livestock industry and, and how integral it is to be together. We get a lot of straw from the Probilskis. It's so important to our business and you know can't thank them enough. I know a lot of people that cannot get straw. And it's, and it's so simple. I go back to the same thing I said. Every cow that leaves this country is one less bid on your feed grain. Well, any given year is 30 to 35% of your entire production goes into feed grain. Never sees human consumption. Those cows are very integral to this. I'm an advocate for you guys because I need you for my barley, my oats, corn. We feed a lot of corn. We need you for straw. We need you for, you know, even um, screenings or, or byproducts. We need you for that. So I, I encourage you to do the same for us because I'm not going to lie to you. I sat in that chopper a long time this year. We chopped just over 15,000 tons of silage. I had a lot of time sitting in that glass box to run numbers. And I could have ran our entire operation as canola and, and wheat and not had to fed cows this winter. But that wouldn't help you in the long run because you're going to overproduce the canola. You're going to, you know, the more cow guys we lose the more in you know increased production we have in the canola acres the wheat acres you know all those acres overproduction you end up with lower prices so fight for me to stay in the business and because uh, i love i love what i do i'm i'm uh, mom and dad are at home feeding cows they're 63 64 years old they shouldn't have to do it but i'm here fighting for the industry and I wish we wouldn't fight so much within the agriculture industry because we have other people that are trying to get rid of us. And whether it's environmentalists, 
decreasing the ability of the chemicals that you're using on the grain farm or animal rights groups, we're fighting those people as well. We should be promoting what we do as, as agriculture, not fighting between. So other than that, thanks to the group for today. And we have a lot of, lot of things we can do um, when it goes to government. We can align ourselves with that side of things. A lot of things that I heard today we're doing with Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. So reach out to our association too and we can sit down and have further conversations. Levi Hall is a cattle producer in eastern Saskatchewan and he is also a director with the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association and he spoke at the recent APAS Livestock Summit in Saskatoon. And here are the top agriculture stories for the week of April 3rd, 2023. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency looking for input on its proposed amendments to livestock identification and traceability regulations. The proposal would address what the agency calls gaps in the current system, including the adding of goats and cervids as animal species that share diseases with other regulated livestock and should be subject to traceability requirements. There was also discussion on shortening the time period allowed to report an event, providing information about the geographical location of sites of animals and where they're located, and reporting of domestic movement of livestock. CFIA said producers who own sheep, goats, pigs, cattle, bison, or farmed cervids, or involved with livestock handling, can share their feedback until June 16th. The United Kingdom has reached an agreement to join the Comprehensive Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, better known as CPTPP. It's the first time a new member has joined since the original 11 Pacific Rim countries, including Canada, reached the deal in 2018. The Canadian Cattle Association said it's disappointed with the arrangement and said it will oppose any related legislation in Parliament. University of Saskatchewan launched the first insect research facility with quarantine capabilities in a Western Canadian university. The 500-square-foot insect quarantine is designed to meet CFIA plant protection containment level 2A requirements, allowing researchers to study non-native insects and pathogens that pose a threat to Western Canadian crops. The site will support collaborations between pest researchers and crop development centre plant breeders. With the increased research capacity, researchers will be able to develop proactive methods of managing insects, resulting in new ways to predict pest outbreaks, decrease pesticide use and develop new pest-resistant crop varieties. Funding is coming from USASC, the Western Grains Research Foundation and Crop Commissions. The first 2023 cash advances were sent out to farmers across the prairies. Canadian canola growers administers the program. Director of Finance Dave Gallant said farmers can access advances on over 50 commodities, including field crops, large and small livestock, organic crops, livestock and honey. Farmers can apply for a cash advance of up to $250,000 interest-free and to a maximum of $1 million. The federal budget included a funding increase in the interest-free component for 2023 cash advances from $250,000 to $350,000. Advance rates in 2023 changed for some commodities like canola, wheat and cattle, which have risen, 
Some rates are flat, others have fallen. Changes are coming to the Code of Practice for the care and handling of dairy cattle. It includes a timeline to eliminate tie stalls for cows. Effective April 2027, cows cannot be tethered continuously. New barns will be required to allow daily untethered freedom of movement and social interaction year-round. By 2031, dairy calves will be required to be housed in groups or pairs by four weeks of age. The changes are being welcomed by the group Humane Canada. The U.S. Department of Agriculture Prospective Plantings report said farmers intend to plant 92 million acres of corn, up 4% from last year and above the top-end pre-report trade estimates. Intended soybean area was steady at 87.5 million acres on the low end of trade expectations. Brian Hoops with Midwest Market Solutions wondered if U.S. farmers would be able to plant all those acres if there is a late start to seeding. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency's National Centre for Foreign Animal Disease confirmed that a domestic dog in Ontario tested positive for the highly pathogenic avian influenza. The domestic dog was infected after chewing on a wild goose and died after developing clinical signs. Pet owners are advised to not feed pets any raw meat from game birds or poultry and not to allow pets to consume or play with dead wild birds found outside. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, tell your friends, and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Patterson Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.